This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spilled the Baby Tea, a podcast where we can only talk about all things motherhood and parenthood. My name is Helen Wu Wang. I'm a mom to an 18-month-old baby boy, and I'm here to create a space where we can all share, connect, and feel a little less alone. On today's podcast, I am answering some of your questions that you have sent in to me via DM or Instagram questions or comments or through email. I'll be answering questions like, does having a toddler now make me want another one? Baby number two? What is a new parenting mistake that we should avoid? Mm. Yes, I got one for y'all there. To all the parents out there, we are in this together, so let's get this episode started. As with every episode of Spill the Baby Tea, we are going to start with our giggle and drool of the week. My drool of the week is probably feeling the weight of all the wedding planning while trying to be a good mom, a good friend, and a good daughter. I never thought in all of my existence that I would be having a wedding with an 18-month-old in tow. Like, who has, right? Have any of you out there imagined a world where you'd be getting married with a baby next to you? I've been trying to think through how to incorporate our baby into the wedding. He's going to be one of the ring bearers, and it's like, Is he actually going to be able to walk down the aisle? The way the ceremony is laid out, he has to walk down a road and then take a 90 degree turn, right turn, into the ceremony lawn. I don't know if a human under the age of two is capable of doing that. And I have no idea if he's going to sit randomly in the middle of the aisle or stand or scream for me since I'll be behind him, actually. Yes, I'll be behind him because I come in last. Or if it's going to be too hot since our wedding is in the summertime, or if he's going to be fussy, like everything is fair game. And it's going to be a miracle if he cooperatively prances down the aisle while holding a pillow and keeping a smile on his face. I honestly don't think any of that's going to happen. So I guess that is one of many big stressors putting weight on my shoulders right now. But I am honestly also just so excited to have him at our wedding. It's like the little details of what's going to happen that's like making it difficult to sleep at night. But I think there is going to be a lot of beautiful moments with him, having him even be our ring bearer, maybe incorporating him into the first dance. Like if it all works out and I guess even if it doesn't, you know, I'm, I am actually really excited to have him there and it's going to make the wedding even more special having him there. So Yeah, this might be the most 
stressful period of my life as a working mama and trying to also plan a wedding, which I would not recommend to anyone out there, but we are here, we are doing it, and we're making it work. We're grateful and, you know, just chugging along. But for any of you out there who have had a baby and then had a wedding, which I think happened with a lot of the pandemic weddings, let me know what tips or tricks you had so I can incorporate those into my wedding as well. My giggle of the week is that for the first time ever, I did the solo parenting thing and was able to pull a full beach day with friends and a toddler. For any parents out there, I think we all feel some level of anxiety when we're solo parenting with a young child, and I definitely felt that way going into it. Like, is he going to miss a snap? Is he going to be cranky? Is he going to have a blowout? Is he going to hate the sand, the sun? Like, so many thoughts ran through my head, but it honestly went so well. All of my friends showed up not only to have a beach day, but they also assumed the role of a caregiver so that I could go and host or go eat or go and have a conversation with friends or go to the restroom or play a game of spike ball. Like, it really made me feel like when people say it takes a village to raise a child, I felt like on that beach in our makeshift tent city that we'd put up, we had like like six tents there. We were basically indoors. Like, why were we even at the beach? But it felt like a tiny beach village. And I am just very grateful for that day that, you know, solo parenting went well. But I am also seeing my friends in a new light. You know, I have a newfound appreciation for them that I wouldn't have experienced if I didn't have a kid and, you know, didn't bring him around and had given my friends the opportunity to, like, watch him for a little bit. I think something about parenting that I've learned is that your heart isn't a pie chart that is a one-size-fits-all and that needs to get split into many more pieces. Instead, I feel like your heart is a sponge and has the ability to grow and expand like, like a sponge can, growing exponentially to fit all the new levels of love that you get to experience. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome realization that your heart can grow and not have to be, you know, split into so many pieces. And that's something that I've definitely learned um, from being a mom. So I guess that is my giggle of the week. Okay, so on to your questions. The first one here is, what degree tear did you have? Okay, we are jumping right into it, y'all. For those of you who don't know what this question is in reference to, it is asking about my vagina and potentially my (laughs) a-hole. If you didn't know, it is very common for a laceration to happen down there because of how hard you are pushing and how much you're stretching out that area down there. And there are four grades of tears that can happen, right? With the fourth being the most severe. It can happen if you deliver a large baby that's more than eight pounds or if you have a quick delivery so the skin doesn't have time to stretch and thin out. It can happen if you're using forceps during delivery. And for me, I personally had a a second degree tear, which is the most common, I believe, during childbirth. And it is a tear that extends through the skin into the muscular tissue of the vagina and the perineum. And if you don't know, the perineum is the area that sits between your vagina and your (laughs) a-hole. This is making me realize that I don't actually know the right terminology for like a-hole or butthole. Your anus. (laughs) Anyway, I do feel very thankful that I didn't tear more than that and only needed one stitch, which honestly just kind of like, I think fell off on its own. I checked down there like a few days after getting stitched up and 
I didn't see it. So I don't know if that's a thing, but I definitely took a mirror to check myself out down there. Because I mean, like, wouldn't you be curious after all that your body went through, what it looks like down there? But when I did, I was like, where's the stitch? <laughs> I should have probably taken it before and after, honestly, but I'm always so nervous to have photos like that on my phone. In any case, my nurse was constantly rubbing the perineal area, which was not the most comfortable, but she was basically stretching out that area so it wouldn't tear as much. And I think that was really helpful for me in my birthing process, leading to a smaller tear than it could have potentially been. So if your nurse is not already doing that for you, I think that's something that you can request if you'd prefer it. A fourth degree tear, by the way, is one that extends from your vagina to your anal sphincter muscles and into your rectum. Shout out to all the women who have survived that. I, I actually don't personally know anyone who's gotten a fourth degree tear. If that was you, though, can you like DM me and let me know what the healing process was like? I'm asking just for myself because I need to know. That's like, that's wild. I feel like people need to talk about that more often. Second question. Why did you and Philip decide to keep the sex of the baby a mystery? Honestly, we were so 50-50 on if we wanted a boy or a girl, so it, it didn't matter for us one way or the other. I think the only thing that would have been helpful is knowing the sex so you can prepare the nursery or clothes to be a bit more gender specific. But if you know me, you know I'm all about the neutrals anyway. My baby would have worn the same thing and the room would have looked the same, sage and space themed, whether it was a boy or a girl. So it didn't matter for us. And I honestly didn't care much for a gender reveal party either, which means I potentially saved a forest fire from happening. But I am a little curious if we were to have another, whether I would feel the same being so 50-50. I think I have a little bit more of a bias towards one gender for the next one if we so luckily can have another one but i'm not going to say which i'd be more biased towards um but i might want to know the next one the next time around no forest fires though I don't know about you, but it feels like a lot of my friends are now getting on that baby train. If you have a friend who is also expecting or have little ones still in diapers, I always recommend Pampers Swaddlers. With Pampers Swaddlers, you can also rest assured that this diaper will prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. And they have a blowout barrier, which is an innovative back pocket built into the diaper to help prevent those messy leaks up the back. Did you know that on average, babies will use up to 8,000 plus diapers before becoming potty trained? That is a lot. That's why Pampers Diaper Stash is the hottest baby gift for 2024. So give a gift to a loved one that says, we see you and we've got you. Pampers Diaper Stash is an online diaper fund that all parents with little ones will love. You can organize friends and family to contribute to a group gift of an online stockpile that never has to run out. Pampers Diaper Stash is great because it takes the guesswork out of choosing what size and how many diapers to gift. It's so easy to do, and it's the gift that always fits. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Next question. Does having your first baby make you want more? Oof. You know what? I mentioned the beach day earlier. My good friend, Malham, she has a three-month-old. And she was also solo parenting while our boys, our husbands, were away on a trip. And I got to hold her three-month-old. He is so adorable. But when I was holding him, he had just woken up from a nap and he was crying. It was crazy. Maybe not so crazy. But I felt my mama instincts kick in. And I started bouncing him up and down, up and down. And he ever so slowly fell asleep and had one arm, one hand holding my arm. And it was just the most precious thing ever. And in that moment, I realized like, oh, I don't bounce my baby up and down anymore. I don't know when the last time was that I had to do that. You know, I just, now I just put him down in bed and he goes to sleep. But the bouncing and the want to soothe a crying baby made me realize also that like in 18 months, you kind of forget all that you went through in those early months. I even forgot that a newborn slept as much as they do because at the beach, my, my friend's baby, he was asleep like every 60 minutes. And when he was awake, he was so mesmerized by the flaps of the tent blowing in the wind. It was so cute. And I will say the baby fever was definitely there. But at this point of where we are right now, we are enjoying our time so much with our toddler giving him all the attention and love that I still want to give him before introducing another child. And I think that's just where we are right now. So if you ask me about a second, which a lot of people have already, because I think usually, you know, two years of an age difference is kind of expected for some reason. um, My answer to that is eventually, if we're lucky to be able to have another one. Someone asked, what is a new parent mistake that you did and could share so we can learn from it? Okay, one thing that immediately (laughs) comes to mind right now, which is going to sound super fucking random, but during the newborn phase, our baby was crying and crying as babies do, and we couldn't find a pacifier. And one of us, not going to say whom, but one of us stuck the nipple of a bottle into our baby's mouth just the bottle nipple. No bottle attached, no liquids, no milk, just the nipple, which yes, without a second thought would justify a nipple is a nipple. A nipple is the closest thing to a pacifier, right? And our baby was sucking on it profusely, obviously trying to soothe himself. And let's just say that that was such a noob, huge noob mistake that I would warn parents not to do because yes, our baby was sucking on something and getting some relief from it. But what he was sucking in was air, filling his belly with air, which led to gas and discomfort in his belly, which led to even more crying. And it was just like a really chaotic moment. I remember that just being a huge noob move. Um, And, you know, one of us (laughs) came in and was very angry. And then a moment later, we were both just deliriously laughing by just saying to ourselves, like, man, we really don't know what the fuck we're doing as new parents. But, you know, you live and you learn. And I'm glad I can share that story and laugh about it now because I was, we were, like, literally, like, what are we doing? Next question. Describe your baby's personality. Is he more like you or Philip? I've actually been thinking about this a lot, and I've been thinking about nature versus nurture in child development. Nature is the genetic predisposition of a child, and nurture is the physical world that influences the nature. 
And I will say that right out of the womb, I think our little Sagittarius baby is like mommy in a way. He's like me because I'm a Sagittarius. We're only 10 days apart in terms of dates. And out of the womb, our baby was very independent. He wasn't as cuddly or handholdy and grippy as I think a lot of babies are. Sure, right now he's very much needing mommy and always wants mommy around and he'll look back to make sure I'm following him and will scream if I disappear. But when we're going on a stroll and walking him, if he knows that we're around, he doesn't like to hold our hand for more than five seconds. Like we, we literally have a moment of just like euphoria when he holds our hands for more than 10 seconds, uh, maybe like 15 seconds. But when you're holding him up, like carrying him, he doesn't put his head on your shoulders. He's always looking around, pointing out where he wants to go, what he wants to see, where he wants to explore. He is incredibly social and just an independent little butterfly. And I think that that's just his nature. He was born that way. A little adventure dude who is curious of the world around him and isn't shy. He loves people. And I and I think that's honestly a perfect mix of both me and Philip although I personally like to cuddle more than both of them do. However, I do think nurture definitely plays a role in his development. He picks up a lot, I would say, on my on my weirdness. Um, Philip and I would both agree that I'm probably the weirder of the two of us or the uniquer of the two of us in a, in a weird way. And I guess an example off the top of my head, like something that me and my baby do is we'll look at each other face to face and he'll start screaming at a certain pitch And I will match his pitch, the pitch of a scream. And then he'll change the pitch and I'll match it. And then we'll get louder and louder, just yelling at each other's faces. And then we end up laughing at how silly and random it is. And we'll do that for like three minutes straight, which is actually quite a long time. Just face off, screaming match. And that's when I'm like, shit, I need to send this baby to daycare. I think he's bored. (laughs) But I think in that example, you know, there's a little bit of nature at play. And I kind of love that I'm making him weird and more like mommy. But I definitely think I'm influencing his development. And Philip's always like, are you influencing it in the right way? Like, hmm, I guess that is a question I should be asking myself as well. I am curious for all of you out there who have children, though, what are your thoughts on nature versus nurture for your kids? Are they a product of both parents or more one or the other? I feel like this is a very um, a very big topic within the parenting community. Next question here is, what advice would you give to someone that wants a baby but is afraid of not ever feeling ready? Honestly, you hear from people all the time that you will never be ready. And I think if you talk to any new parent or parent in general, it is true. I mean, being on this side of things now, it's like, yeah, you won't be. You're going to give your baby a bottle nipple as a pacifier and think, what else am I going to fuck up on? You know, I'm not ready for this. I don't know how to do this. But even in that example, you know, you live and you learn. We never, from that point on, gave our baby a, a bottle nipple as a pacifier. And if you're in that space of, oof, I don't know if I'm truly ready, I would say trust your instincts. If you consider why you want a child, I think trusting your instincts can help you make decisions that align with your values and your desires. And to be honest, like you're really not in it alone. My gosh, I should have saved my Google history from those newborn days. So many questions that I'd be embarrassed to share out loud, but Google is your friend, and I'm sure you know someone who is a new parent or is a parent 
to a kid, like your own parents, right? That you could seek out some support and advice from, but only you can determine if and when you feel ready, you know? So trust yourself. You are smarter than you think. That job, that career can wait if your instincts say that you're you're ready to have kids. You can always seek out that support and remember that even if parenthood may seem scary and uncertain, it is also just such a rewarding experience that brings a lot, a lot, a lot of joy and fulfillment as well. And I think that might be a good place to end this episode. Thank you to everyone for tuning in again. If you have other questions that you want me to answer on this podcast, let me know. Send me a DM at hwuwuwuwu or comment on the latest Instagram post for this episode at Asian Boss Girl. And I will get to them in the next Q&A. Thanks, everyone. From me and my little bumps. <laughs> bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>